0: Visit RobertHalf.com today. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your DFS preview for this week's Bermuda Championship. And joining me to break it all down, as he does every single Monday, it's Greg Ducharme. Greg, are you feeling Tropical this week. How you feeling?
1: I'm I'm in a difficult spot right now. (laughs) So here's the thing. Uh outside of the game of golf, and I'm very grateful for the game this week, especially. I'm especially grateful we get to do this episode tonight because um I play in one fantasy football league. No money. It's my my wife is in the league, and so are all of her friends. And I'm playing her this week. This is trouble already. We, um, it's coming down to tonight and I'm winning by 10 points and I have Cooper cup. She has Robert Woods, but the kicker is she had Cooper cup a week Mm -hmm. ago and we made a little trade and I gave her DJ Chark who put up three points this week. It was actually two weeks ago. So I've had cup for two weeks, which softens it a little bit, but, um, so she was really Ram heavy. She had the tight end. She had cup, she had Woods. And so I said I'll help you out. I I gave her chart. Unfair trade, fair trade, I, I don't know. It seemed fair to me. But um, why don't you the, tell the us other The other thing is, she's okay. 5 and 1.
0: There it is. That's what I wanted to hear. I wanted to hear her record.
1: <laughs> she's 5 and 1, complaining to me that she's all ram heavy. And I'm sitting here at 3 and 3. And so now it, it's looking like I'm going to win tonight, but that's never a good thing. I mean, oh. I'm rooting I'm kind of rooting for a tie.
0: Rob, Robert would snap time, I need off this win. He could snap off, catch two touchdowns. Cooper Cup could have like four catches for thirty-four yards and that'd be the end of it.
1: Yeah, I know. It could happen, it could happen in an instant. So it, this is uh it's a challenge. I'm I'm I don't know what to do. I don't know how to root for this one. So I turn my attention to the Bermuda Championship.
0: If you'd like to see the distress on Greg's face going through this, you can watch us on YouTube, youtube.com slash first cut podcast. Also what we do, any strategy questions, any concerns, anything you want us to talk about, drop it in a five-star rating and review on iTunes. We'll answer it. Win win for everybody. This week we are in Bermuda. We are on the island Port Royal Golf Course. Greg, I emptied the chamber on all my fun facts about Port Royal before we got on air. So let me run through a couple of these. Please do. 6,800 yards, which is the longest course on the island of Bermuda. It is also the second shortest on the PGA Tour, so by island standards, pretty long. By PGA Tour standards, very very short. Also, with nine golf courses in like one square mile, Bermuda is like the most heavily, densely populated golf course country in the world. What do you think about that?
1: It's a beautiful island. The golf course is beautiful, and there's a lot of really good. There, there's a lot of really good courses there. Um, my my boss loves Bermuda. In fact, he calls it his island. And so he, he's a big fan. He loves the golf courses there, uh, loves the people. The environment is supposed to be fantastic. So um, I, I think it's a great spot. It's very wind dependent. It, it's going to have a lot of uh, dependency on wind. So if that golf course being the length that it is, it, it's really fun. If it gets really windy out there, it's fun because you hit some, it, it becomes manageable, yet at the same time, the wind always presents that challenge. So um, it'll be interesting to see how these guys handle it. Um, I think we, we only have one, one tournament to go off of, which is last year. I, I have last year's leaderboard up. If you want to hear a couple names, kind of give you a, a little flavor of the golf course.
0: Yeah. Brendan Todd won. And I know that Brendan Todd, wait, won. let me try to guess. Harry H- he stor- he stormed Harry Higgs on Sunday. I remember that. Yes. Um,
1: th- that's all I got. <laughs> okay. Well, good memory. Cause he, so Brendan Todd shot 62 on Sunday. Yeah. He beat Harry Higgs by four. Um, Harry, Harry Higgs shot 68 on Sunday. Um, so then you had Brian Gay, mm-hmm. Hank Lebiota, Scotty Scheffler, and Aaron Ooh. Wise. Those were the other two players in tied third. So you, you have uh, Brendan Todd, not an overly long hitter. Harry Higgs is, is not necessarily a bomber by any means. Brian Gay is a notably short hitter. Hank Lebiota is not a long hitter either. Then you have Scotty Scheffler and Aaron Wise who do move it a good ways. But then even after that, uh, Fabian Gomez, Ryan Armour, David Hearn, Wes Roach, these guys are, are not necessarily um, the longest of hitters. So it, it's uh, you, know, you got Danny McCarthy down here at T15, Alex Noren, T15. Um, so, so not necessarily a course where, uh, where distance is a prere- prerequisite. Certainly not. Uh,
0: Jacob dropped in the chat. Uh, that this is where Bermudagrass, the name, comes from, which I have no idea if he's trolling me or not. Sometimes he trolls in the chat, and sometimes he provides really great facts and insight, and I have no idea which one it is at the moment. But this is Bermudagrass greens That's what they've got here. So it's we, we've seen these before, and you mentioned it, Greg. Uh, the only champion is Brandon Todd. He's also the only guy who was in the field last week who is playing this week. That's it. We didn't see any of these other golfers play, I don't think, in either of the last two weeks at the Zozo or the CJ Cup. And this has been elevated to full FedEx Cup point status, meaning if you win, you get yourself into the 2021 Masters.
1: Um, it, very similar to Corrales Punta Cana Resort and Club Championship, <laughs> right? right? You had, um, it, which is, and by the way, Jacob was not trolling you. Okay. Um, I believe it was, <laughs> it was introduced from, the island, he's got a link, as he always oh, that, According to someone on the internet, it's yeah, from yeah. the island of Bermuda. So, you know, if someone well, if says it on the internet, internet it's it must true. Be true. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> there, there you go. Um, so, again, Todd, to me, is the standout player of the field, which not just because he won last week. I mean, he's he's a very, very good player. So he's amongst, I would say, the top two or three talents in the field. And I'm interested to see how he handles it. I'm going to have a chance to talk with him tomorrow morning. Uh, on, on a new breed of golf on Sirius, we're, we're going to, uh, I'm, I'm going to interview him. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what he thinks is the key to the course from his perspective. So I'm definitely looking forward to that um, and, and looking forward to seeing how this, how this plays out.
0: Let's jump into the 10 K range. You mentioned it led by Brendan Todd at 11,100. Greg, I'm interested. I want you to ask him about the shape of his game, how he feels it's going right now, because he's got a couple of kind of meddling finishes in the two no cut events of 47th at the Zozo, a 52nd at the CJ cup. Uh, this would be a great course fit for him considering how, how short it is. And obviously the success that he's had in only the one year, but the rest of the 10 K range gets rounded out by will Zalatoris back in the field. And for now, the second time, a guy with no status is the betting favorite to win this golf tournament. Will Zalatoris, the favorite. Harold Varner, the third at 10,007. Doc Redmond, 10,004. And Emiliano Grillo at 10,001. Uh, we can elaborate on, on on Todd a little bit, but I think we both feel the same way about, about Willie Z.
1: Will Zalatoris is, I mean, three of the four events he's played on a tour have been top tens. So yeah. it's been uh, quite impressive. Um, And so I think he does deserve his spot where, where he is here. So I'm interested in him. I I think he is a great play. If you're concerned with Brendan Todd's recent play, um, then I I think will is a a really nice fade. Uh, And also if you're, if you're like me, I I very rarely bet the defending champion. I very rarely play the um, defending champion or the player who won the most recent week yet. Last year, Brendan Todd won back-to-back tournaments, something that uh, nearly three in a row, something yeah. that hardly ever happens. Uh, so does that mean that he's going to defend this week? He, he, he's um, breaking all the trends. I don't know. I have a feeling about Todd. I think the past couple weeks have been strong fields, strong golf courses that are not nearly the fit that this week is. Um, and, and I'm interested to see. I, I, I think it's going to be a good week for Todd because in this group, this 10K group is full of ball strikers. Will Zalatoris is yeah. uh, what 10th on tour this year. Strokes gained tee to green, and he doesn't even have status. He's a great <laughs> ball striker. Harold the III has remarkable tee to green numbers. Kyle has alluded to this many, many times. And he is an elite ball striker. Struggles with the putting. Doc Redman, as you said, Rick, many times, is a great ball striker. Right? He's also a friend, awesome of friend of the pot. Friend of the. Emiliano Grillo great ball striker so these are you kind of have this group um uh, beneath todd that's and it'd be maybe a little bit of disrespect to to say it's team no putt but (laughs) you're pretty close to it you have some at least fringe members here so uh, in this group uh, brendan todd to me stands out i i kind of have a feeling this is going to be a putting contest and the ball striking is not going to be quite as important as it is on uh, um on a, a longer more difficult golf course
0: I understand Todd. Of course, I think he's very clearly, well, I don't want to say he's very cl- clearly the best player in this field, but I get it. I think he's he's well deserving of an $11,100 price tag. I'm a little bit more concerned than you are. We've covered Will Zalatoris ad nauseum. You know, 16 of his last 18 starts anywhere on any tour have been top 20s. I mean, he just finds a way to get to the top of the leaderboard no matter where he's at. Uh, yeah, you mentioned it, Doc Redmond. So I went back and I ran the numbers. Since the tour's restart, Uh, if of anybody who has more than like 22 rounds played, I think doc has 40 of them in that stretch. He leads this field in strokes gained approach. And, and Mark, when he was following him at, I want to say Wyndham, uh, referenced what like a heavy ball he has, which if the winds start to kick up, that's the only defense you get. That's the only defense that you get here at port Royals. If those winds kick up, I want somebody who's got a heavy ball, a little bit of a more piercing ball flight. I think, I think doc's ready. I'm a little bit biased. I like the guy, but I I think he's ready.
1: Look, he's a a great choice. I just wonder if that's the kind of fit. When you look at this tournament, is that why you think a ball striker may have a really good time here because of the wind? Are you banking on wind picking up? But We've only had one go around at this tournament, no shot link data to go off of. What do you anticipate being the key to this course? So uh, ball striking plays everywhere. I actually just
0: ran this stat this morning for a, a, a different column. Um, I, I went back and looked at the best ball strikers. So this is approach plus off the tee since the start of the calendar year 2020. So I took the top 10 guys. They have 13 of the 32 wins this calendar year. 40% of the wins wow. have come from those 10 guys. So ball striking plays everywhere so so yes that's part one and then part two is you know there's different flights right there's different ball flights there's different ways to get it done not all of them are you can read in the stats you have to kind of see it once or twice you know it's why stenson probably played well at punta cana right when that wind starts to kick he's got that piercing ball flight so i, I think it's a two-part thing for me greg but i just love ball strikers anywhere in the world any course
1: no matter what they definitely seem to be a little more reliable right yeah. it's hard to cho- it, it it's. One thing to say a guy's going to heat up with the putter this week. He's he's going to really get it going with the putter. It's another thing to say he's going to find something with his swing and have a great week to tee to green. I'm just not sure the margin this week is great enough to say it really favors the ball strikers, where the difference between a quality shot, a well-struck shot, and a um, mediocre shot or oh, a slight I what miss, what's the margin there? Is it is it going to reward – The ball striker enough or is it going to penalize the guy that's slightly off enough to make the difference
0: i see ultimately
1: this week i think you're going to have to make birdies and so yeah where are the birdies going to come from is really the question i'm I'm thinking this is a slight lean towards putting but i'm basically basing this off of just a, a one leaderboard from last year
0: Yeah, I I get it. Right. I mean, some of these courses where you've got specific landing areas and you have to keep it on the correct shelf and things like that, they expose the poor ball striker a bit more. Right. They expose the guys that can't control their distance, that can't land it where they want to within a yard or two. This might just be the difference might be the good the good approach players hit it to 14 feet. The bad ones hit it to 20 and we have a putting contest.
1: Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm anticipating. I think Hmm. the leaderboard from last year reflects that a little bit. Um, But again, weather can change anything. Um, So it is up in the air a little bit, but I don't remember it being particularly narrow off the tee. I remember having some, some pretty good width, uh, some pretty open areas. Again, it's a golf course designed for windy conditions. And, and that is, as you said, the defense. So I think the players are going to have their way with it, and, and uh, I'm favoring slightly really strong putters. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of having a little epiphany moment here. That makes a lot of sense. Um, let's jump down to the 9K range. If you want putters, I got a couple here for Charlie Hoffman leads the way at $9,700. The greatest putter on the face of the earth, 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 9,500. Denny McCarthy, Henrik Stenson, 93. Cameron Tringale, 92. Christopher Ventura, another good putter, 9,100. And then it's rounded out by Peter Malnati. He's had a couple of good finishes recently at a flat $9,000. Here's your putters, Greg. Who do you like? Ooh, uh,
1: I think (laughs) you and I are well aligned on this one. We are. Denny McCarthy one is the best putter in the at, what did you say again? Can you <laughs> On the face of the
0: earth, 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 like, uh, <laughs> like what? Lou Gehrig. I'm the I'm yeah. the luckiest man, man. <laughs> On yeah, the face of the earth, earth, earth
1: right? <laughs> yeah, that's Danny McCarthy. So, uh, and, and as we've said since uh, before the playoffs, we've seen kind of a or leading into the playoffs, we've seen a little bit of an increase in his iron play, which I I still think is going to bode well. Now, it hasn't been great. It hasn't shown to be uh, well. Danny McCarthy's all of a sudden a contender. -hmm. It just, you. I get the sense that it hasn't all come together yet, and I, I'm gonna keep going back to the well with him because look, it also hasn't been a disaster. It hasn't been a letdown by any means. It's just been kind of a, a, a boring type. Doesn't quite get in, get you all of the value you're hoping for. So anyway. I think McCarthy is going to pop off at some point. Doug Bell mentioned it at the Sanders that he's going to win one of these days, um, which Jacob just shared with us again. And and so I think that's true. And I, I'm going to kind of keep going back to the well in an event like this with a, with a price point like this. I think he's one of the better players in this price point. So I like Danny McCarthy. And the other player, Rick, who I, I'm sure that we agree on um, is Ventura you've been high on for a long time. He's another great putter. I think he was 14th strokes game putting so far this year. So I'm pretty high on him this week as well.
0: Yep. I I think uh, you you nailed McCarthy. It's, it's, it's great. He's popped at Wyndham. He popped at Sanderson farms. He finished 15th here last year. Everything else you mentioned. Absolutely. I agree with, Um, you know, Ventura is interesting. There, there are probably, I want to argue like five or six guys in this field that we are seeing their game mature very quickly. And we mentioned that about Matthew Wolf over the last three months. I mean, he is, he's Matthew Wolf is at warp speed. Right. We've and we've talked about that a lot. But I also think there are guys like a Christopher Ventura, like a Justin. Suh, we can talk about later, like a Doug Gim, who they're just a little bit slower to mature, but the signs are there. And what you're seeing from Ventura right now is, yeah, two top seven finishes in his last four starts doing it in the right way where he's gaining a bunch of strokes off the tee. He he has a, a great putter, which if you, if you get hot in a, at an event like this, you can really go low. So I just think he's one of these guys and you know, this is a good, I think this is a good fit for him, but I think you're just going to see over time, the frequency of his top tens, the frequency of his top twenties is going to increase. The frequency of his miscuts cuts is going to decrease. You're you're seeing, the, the polish happen, right? And they're, they're all very young, but I think he's one of the handful of guys that's really starting to turn the corner.
1: I tend to agree. And I, I also, I, I go back to this. The players that have ascended at warp speed, Rick, like like Matthew Wolf, as you mentioned, um, mm-hmm. like a Victor Hovland, Colin Morikawa, those guys, mm-hmm. and and players before them, like the Justin Thomas, the Jordan Spieths, the Bryson DeChambeaux, those guys before them who have had quick, and John Rahm, quick early success on the PGA Tour out of college, they paved the way for other players like this. And they say, "Hey, well, he can do it. I competed with him in college. We both went to Oklahoma State. Why not me? I can right. do it too." And just a little bit of belief sometimes is the difference between um, between struggling to keep your card and and winning on the PGA Tour. The the line, and this is something I'm going to talk to uh, to Brandon Todd about tomorrow. He, he's a player who's seen the 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 doldrums right he's seen the struggle and it's yeah. been as bad as it could possibly be well what's the difference between that and a guy who nearly wins three times in a row and i think what i think what he's going to say is that it's a, a very fine line it's a couple of breaks here and there it's just a couple of shots per tournament that make a huge difference and so if you're a ventura sometimes uh, just a just a little bit of belief just a, a confidence even if it comes from a, a peer of yours somebody who you view as a peer who accomplishes something great sometimes that can be the the very fine line it can get you across that line yeah
0: it it, it really and and now in you know 2020 more than ever the the lines are so blurred the margins are as razor thin as they've ever been uh, yeah it is it is fascinating stuff I'm interested in hearing what he has to say about that. Uh, rest of this 9k range, you know, I, I think Charlie Hoffman, it, he is what he is, right? I think that what we've seen over the course of the past couple of months is, uh, you know, he's going to kind of offset his missed cuts with a couple of top 15s. I don't think that there is a natural fit for him. I think that, um, you know, some weeks he's going to play well, he's going to get you a top 15 and, and that's it. He's not going to be a, a safe and consistent option. Uh, and then Stenson, you know, I kind of mentioned it, th- the ball flight that he, that he, potentially has is interesting, but I mean, does it worry you that he's missed three of his last four cuts? Like it kind of, kind of worries me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and so you got to consider these events, what, what are the events Do you have it in front of you, the events he played in? I know it's not sure what Zozo. Yeah. So what does he miss the cut in?
0: So he missed the cut at the PGA championship, the U S open, which fine, fine. He finished 21st at Punta Cana and then he missed the cut at Sanderson farms.
1: Okay. That's so Sanderson's the one I'm thinking of. And Punta Cana is another one but although Punta Cana played a little tougher than we kind of expected, it wasn't Mm. necessarily one of those events like, uh, like the Shriners where you had to go crazy low in order to just make the cut. You had to get to seven under to make the cut. So I worry about Stenson in, in birdie fest, even though he, he's put on in an open championship, one of the greatest (laughs) Sundays we've ever seen. But in general, I mean, that that's one of those venues. That's one of those tournaments where the line between great ball striking and and struggling with the ball striking is so fine. So he has that advantage where here it's going to come down to the putter. And I don't trust his putter enough to, to play him in a lot of my lineups. So I, I am with you. And I I think Hoffman's the same way. If it gets really windy and and the weather gets crazy and it, a European tour event breaks out, then you may have a chance with those two players, but I'm not banking on bad weather. That's so bad that makes a course that's built for a lot of wind, you know, it's like you're going to get a little bit of wind. It's going to be okay. But if you get crazy winds now, all of a sudden the margins get finer and it gives a player like that an advantage, but that's a, that's a lot to expect. So for me, I'm, I'm passing on those guys with you.
0: Speaking of European tour, I have a guy in the eight K range that I would like to talk about, but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners.
1: you ready for this yeah if is the most original and heartfelt movie in years magic like
0: this comes around once in a lifetime this friday experience it with your whole family can we do it again if ready pg and we're back eight thousand dollars greg henrik norlander at eighty nine hundred all the way down to pat perez at eight thousand i have two names i have Three names that I'm most interested in. I just added one. Uh, three names that I'm interested in in this range, but I would like to see who who moves the needle for you. Who is someone, because I, I actually find this to be the most difficult and maybe the most awkward, if that makes sense, range.
1: It's a very uncomfortable range. Yeah. So the, the guy that sticks out to me sits on top of this um, range in Henrik Norlander. Okay. And I'm not sure what to do with him for a number of ways. So, so I look at Norlander and I think, okay, he's, he's becoming a a popper, as I say, right. He's he's had some really nice finishes, some really, really solid high quality events yet. There's also a big, a, a fairly large miscut risk. And he's not in a strokes game perspective. He's not the putter that I really am looking for. So for me this week, when I'm looking at poppers, and Norlander, I think, has a pretty good chance of performing well, but it's a little bit risky for me in the wrong way. It's not the right kind of risk for me. So I go and I look at a guy like Maverick McNeely, who is just about as risky as you can get on the TGA <laughs> Tour. Um, he's another popper, yet he does it typically with great putting. And, and when he putts well, he tends to perform well. And I also think this is a golf course he's going to be fairly um, fairly comfortable with. So he finished last year. I, I think he had a pretty good finish last year. Um, oh, it was Norlander I was So Norlander was tied 28th last year. McNeely, so I,
0: McNeely finished
1: 35th. 35th. Okay, there you no. go. So so not not terrible could definitely could definitely get it going this year. So I, I tend to lean towards a McNeely in favor of a Norlander just because I like the the fingerprint a little bit more this week. This is
0: where you and I, and I think it's not, there's not a right or wrong. You and I differ the most. You, you like these kind of putters who can pop. And I mean, Matt McNeely gained 11 strokes putting at the Sanderson farms. He gained nine at the Northern trust. Like he's capable of going super, super hot. But I look at the fact that he's lost strokes on approaching nine straight starts and it scares the lights out of me. And I'm just like, Oh my God, I can't. But like, that's, I mean, he still finds a way to, I mean, he's got a top 10 at the rocket mortgage. He had that 17th place finish at Sanderson. Like, I don't like, I get it. It's just like against my
1: beliefs yeah i I know look i'm with you this is hard this this tournament these kinds of events are really really hard to forecast and predict because you're dealing with players who are not um, the elite of the elite so you start looking at statistics and well what if? so he's losing strokes in these events to the field well what's that field look like and then, so it just right. it raises all these questions and what is what's the golf course look like what's the fingerprint of the golf course we don't have a lot of history here and so it, it's very difficult to forecast so i'm with you it's not comfortable It, <laughs> it right you you want to go for a swim but the water's not really that warm and a it's a chilly. little bit windy out. yeah it's a little <laughs> overcast if the sun was out it had jump right in but it's not quite there but it's supposed to and I'm on vacation, so I should be in the pool, but I don't know. So I, I, I think the model this week includes a a McNeely, but I, I completely understand your concerns.
0: Right. Uh, the, the guy that I teased before the break, the European tour gentleman, child, he's 18 years old. Rasmus Hogard is in this field. He's $8,800. If you are not familiar with Rasmus, Fair, very fair for you not to be. He is very young. He turns. This is crazy, Greg. He was born in two thousand one. Like that, that blows my mind when I see that stuff. Right? He's going to turn nineteen in December. It's crazy how young he
1: is. I I don't know about you, but when I was growing up playing ice hockey, Mm -hmm. birth year is how you're. Right? It's it's not your grade, right? Oh, he's a and I I was in ninety one. So you're talking about older. Oh yeah, he he's a ninety three up and comer. Really, he's really (laughs) good. Ninety three is were babies. Right. It, it, now, oh, one. <laughs> now you're talking about an oh, one. What? <laughs> and he's on the PGA. He's playing a PGA tour event this year. Yeah. This week. He's playing it's, on the we're talking about him. Uh, so this is I'm at that strange age. You probably are, too, where these yeah, guys yeah. that you're looking up to are starting to be younger than you. So it. it uh, it's fast. It,
0: it hit me really hard when Kevin Durant made his Kevin Durant was like the first like star stud that I was older than. And I was like, oh, my God, he's in the NBA. And like, this is crazy. So that Kevin Durant yeah. was like the guy for me who like it changed was, my it, life.
1: It was Jordan speed for me. Yeah. Um, this anyway, that's just such a star.
0: Rasmus. So he had a four event stretch on the European tour where he went second, sixth, third, and capped it off with a win. There, there are not like, uh, say what you want about the European tour. Those guys can play. We've talked about how razor thin the margins are all across the globe at this point in the, in the world of golf. Now he's cooled off a little bit since, but he's, he's going to be volatile. He's not even 19 yet. He comes over, he plays an event that uh, will much, the field will be much more similar to some of those european tour events that he has played. He's number 1, I think is
1: interesting. I have another european player for you. Hit me with it. Uh you know, you're much more familiar with him. I'm not sure if you're going to like the reason why, but I just mentioned <laughs> Jordan Spieth. so I'll mention uh a player in Jordan's nightmares. I think Danny Willett. Oh, and I, I just have a funny feeling with Danny Willett. Now, um Again, this, is, this goes back to the struggles that we face in an event like this where you're, you're likely going to have holes in the game. You're likely going to have things that are really concerning for you when you look at a player's statistics. So last year in 2020, he's 105th off the tee. He's 156 approach the green. I don't like those things very much. It's hard for me to say, oh, yeah, Danny's going to have a great – he's 54th in putting. So the putting is a strength, which I know how you feel about this. Um, and I know how I feel about this. So I'm, I like that the putting is a strength. He can get it. He can get it going. He had a T4 at the rocket mortgage, uh, and it hasn't been great since, but he's only played in the U S open. I, I just have a funny feeling about Danny Willett this week where he is better than the players in this range. Uh, I mean, he's a major champion. He's a master's champion. He's, mm-hmm. he's got to feel like he's a great player. So it, a part of me is saying, "Well, I'm looking for Danny Willett to step up this week and and perform." And there's definitely some question marks, but um, but I, I'm kind of feeling a Danny Willett week.
0: The Butler Cabin photo of Spieth putting the jacket on Danny Willett is just an all
1: timer. It, it's it's crazy. Oh, man, it it's so it, it's so hard. That, oh. that that's a hard one to look at for me and all uh, of us i mean we're all jordan speed fans so yeah of that's, course that's the tough. games the game's
0: better when speed
1: is good that's yep
0: not non-negotiable Fact. um two two guys quickly here in this 8K range so I, I mentioned justin suh earlier I, I mean he's coming off a fourth place at, at punta Cana. he's coming off an eighth at the shrine those are his last two starts now we didn't have shot link data for punta cana so I, it's hard to see you know quote unquote how he did it uh but absolutely flushed it at Shriners. He gained like six strokes on approach. It was by far the best approach week of his very, very young career. So you could argue it's an outlier, or you could argue he found something. I wish I had the Punta Cana data to kind of back it up. But um, another one of these guys, I think just a little bit slower. I mean, when you come out and you're, pl- and you are put on the same stage at a press conference with more Wolf and Hovland, I mean, like good luck. Good luck living up to it. Those three guys are unbelievable. Justin's just a little bit behind. He's
1: going to be fine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I I think it's a great point, Rick. I'm, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. But you, it, it's just you, you <laughs> probably if you're you're feeling like you're looking up a mountain at them. But yes. you go back to that what we talked about with with uh, uh, Christopher Ventura. And yeah, he can he can do that. He can play with these guys. He's played with them before. So how how do you take that? It's kind of a fine line. You either it, it can damage your confidence or it can um, ascend you to great you know you can use it to build your confidence so I'll be interested to see I like the pick
0: the only other guy in the 8k range and uh, as long as this streak goes on I have to talk about him it's Adam Schenck at 8100 he is now on a 10 event consecutive cut streak it is the fifth longest on the PGA tour it's the longest in this field there is only so would you like to I don't expect you to know this. Would you like to take a crack at the guys who have longer cut streaks than Adam Shank?
1: No, I don't want to take. Okay, <laughs> here it is: uh, Rory,
0: Xander, Hovland, Rom. That's it. Wow, pretty exclusive stuff. So, yeah, the, o- the only unfortunate, the only unfortunate thing is, you know, it's really great when you plug and play Adam Shank at sixty eight hundred and he makes the cut at eighty one. You you kind of need like a. Like a T twenty five ish type of deal, not Need just make more the than cut I anymore. Made cut. Yeah, Need more than a made cut. That's the only concern. Seven um, K. This is where things start to get really interesting. So uh, Patrick Rogers, Stewart, Sink at seventy nine hundred goes all the way down to Cam Percy, Ben Martin, Rob Oppenheim, Greg. Find me, find me somebody. Find me a couple yeah, guys. I,
1: I like <laughs> I like this range more than the eight K range. I think the I eight K range just. I mean. I mentioned the pool reference before. It feels like you're jumping in a river in the middle of winter. So I don't, yeah. I don't necessarily like that 8K range. But in this range, I got there's a lot to hang your hat on for me. I mean, look, look at Stewart Sink. Don't look past Stewart Sink. Now he has a win this year. Check. He has a tied 12th at the Sanderson Farms. Check. Now a tied 64th at Shriner's, with an 81 in the final round. He shot 67, 63. 70, Mm. and then 81. I I look at that round from a player whose highest round aside from that was 72 this year in the third round of the Sanderson Farms. He has uh, three rounds of 65 and a 63 this year. I mean, this is great play, and all of a sudden an 81 shows up. I I write that off. That's a one-off. That is not a problem. That's a one-time thing, and he's going to go show these boys how to play this week. And I really, I'm, I'm looking at Stuart Sink, a guy who's having a pretty good putting year. He sits at 50th right now so far this year. I know it's a, a small sample size, but he's 50th um, in strokes game putting. He's hitting the ball really, really well. He dro- he's he been driving the ball fantastic. And, and I'm not saying that that's going to be a key factor this week, but in a way, it always is. You got a guy's driving the ball well, he's going to have some confidence. And I think that's going to, uh, I, I think that 81 is shaken off. I'm throwing it out. I think that is a huge factor to why he's priced the way he is. And I, I will go to say, I think Stewart Sink is the value in this field. I think he's the best value of the field. So play Stewart Sink. Uh,
0: okay. I like that. I, I like that. But I got the guy. I got the guy right here. He is, let me let me confirm his price here because I don't want to get this wrong. Okay. He is $7,800 okay. and it is Wesley Bryan.
1: And oh, I, I yeah, I like him too.
0: So. I don't know even where to start. So I think if there was ever a time and place to deploy Wesley Bryant, it is now and here. So let's, let's, let's be clear. Wesley Bryant, very short hitter, like ranks 205th on the PGA tour in driving distance. And there's probably only 210 qualified guys. Like he's, he's bottom barrel. However, Greg, this is what I find very interesting. Uh, it, it is the smallest of positives, but he has gained strokes off the tee in four consecutive events. And I know what you're thinking. You're going, who cares Four, four events where he's like basically positive. Who cares? Well, I'll tell you why, because he lost strokes off the tee in his 17 straight starts before that <laughs> 17 in a row. He loses four in a row. He gains Did he find like that has to be, he, he fixed something. He, I mean, he's not good. He's just like barely above average, but to go 17 in a row losing and then gain four in a row. Come on. That's gotta be something.
1: Yeah, of course it is. When, when you are at the starting point now, look distance is a skill. It's something that can be worked on, but it's not a skill that you're going to have that you can just try a little bit harder and improve your distance in a day right? That's something that takes a little bit of time to to yeah. gain, to build some, for some people, it's a lifetime. So when you go to the first tee, you have your, your club head speed, you have your distance. There's very little factors at the PGA tour level that are going to affect your distance day to day to day. So when you sit with the club head speed, the distance of Wesley Bryan, you're not going to gain strokes off the tee. You're just, you're, you're not going to do it. It's very, very challenging to do. Look at strokes gain off the tee, compare it to distance, and then compare it to accuracy. The, there are a couple of outliers of players who will be short hitters under 300 yards and regularly gain off the tee. It's very few. So for Wesley Bryan to gain off the tee, it, it probably means he's hitting a pile of fairways. Correct. And that means, again, not that that's going to be critical uh, of importance this week, but it means that is he's swinging well it's just a right. sign that he's swinging well and and he he's another one of those poppers so i, I like it i don't think it gives you the value of Stuart sink who's won this year right who's Probably true. who's a major champion who's Probably uh, much more experienced but i really like the play
0: you don't you don't think that resume compares to trick shot artist wesley bryan <laughs> <laughs> <He> put,
1: <laughs> three wins
0: counted. on the corn ferry tour he uh counted. no but you're right. You're right. And what he what he pops at is putting. So his iron game is usually pretty good. He pops with the putter. That's the thing that uh, is the difference between like a, an eighth place finish and a thirty eighth place finish for him is, is usually the rolling the rock. Um, is there anybody else here? I mean, I could be a real glutton for punishment and be convinced that uh, Patrick Rogers, who's missed two cuts in a row, has had, had his two worst putting performances, basically. I don't want to say ever, but in like the last year or two that he's had a couple of weeks off and he's found the stroke and he's right back at it. I think you got to be a little bit of a glutton for punishment for that, Greg, because uh, he was very popular the two weeks that he missed the cut.
1: Yeah, and we talked about him a lot because he's yeah. a long hitter, good putter, right? Yeah. So that combination right. is, um, it, it tends to be rare. So I do think there's value there. But again, he happens to sit at the top of this, um, at the top of the 7K range. And so I'm not sure that he's going to take the place of a Stuart Sink for me. I, I don't think he's going to take the place of a Wes Bryan for me.
0: What about the bottom of the 7K range? Is there, a, I mean, Max Homa, oh. who has been Max Home has been bad, unfortunately. I mean, Doug Gim, I mentioned, I think he's another one of those guys that you're starting to see a bit more signs out of. You've got Jason Duffner, Kyle Stanley. You're always a sucker for Kyle Stanley, aren't you?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Not this week. So Kyle Stanley is <laughs> another one of those guys who when he's playing really well, and I love him, so I appreciate it. I, if I, <laughs> I always say if I interviewed Kyle Stanley, I wouldn't be able to talk.
0: Oh <laughs> <God. Kyle laughs> Stanley of all people? <laughs> yeah, this me,
1: like I'm, makes I'm the least sense yeah uh, so he's a guy that's going to excel at a place like the farmers insurance open where hmm. it there's a there's a real benefit and yeah maybe maybe in today's game there's no more there's zero places where that's gonna happen but he's a guy that uh is gonna benefit when the margins are for hitting greens and hitting fairways is really high because that's what he does, fairways and greens. And I I just haven't seen anything that makes me really think Kyle Stanley's going to have a great week. So a couple other guys I have big question marks with, but I've seen some firepower. When you get down to this range in a tournament like this, I'm okay with getting a little bit risky. So Wyndham Clark is a guy that uh, he rings off the page to me because everybody has big question marks. But Wyndham Clark can roll the ball. He can roll it. With his putter. Um, I'm sure you have some um, some better statistics than I, but I, I think that Wyndham Clark is a guy who can pop off and you're you feel a little bit like you're throwing um, a dart with your eyes closed. And I do too, but there's a likelihood that that it could hit. And if, if it could, he could win. Then the other guy is Tyler McCumber. Who we've seen great play from this year. He's sitting at seventy three hundred. Uh remind if we think this is gonna be a kind of a playback of Punta Cana, well, why wouldn't you go with Tyler McCumber? So I, I think those two guys at the at the low end of the 7Ks, um, below the middle 7K, I think those are the two guys that I would take a chance on.
0: Yeah, McCumber showed it. I mean, the couple of, uh, I think it was like back-to-back top tens, Punta Cana, and then probably Sanderson. Like, th- this is, these type of events are Tyler McCumber type events, right? That, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. They, they look, they, they step on the tee box on Thursday morning. They look around at their peers and they say, I can beat these guys. And and you know I know every golfer probably there there are a lot of golfers there's probably a thousand of them that think they are the best golfer in the world every single time they tee it up and that's the benefit of being a confident guy and and be, that's that's good for the game but I I think that there's some weeks where some guys get on the tee box and they're like oh boy like the, everybody's here I'm in trouble let's
1: find a weekend yeah I'm i I'm a little over my head right what yeah. are what are the goals going into the week and it's realistic for Tyler McCumber to think well I I can win this week right i can compete with these players i've done it so uh, this year recently i'm playing well um i know i can i know i can go make enough birdies i know i can keep up whereas you go play on a a a big boy golf course with dustin johnson and john rom and many of the players we've seen the last two weeks and you get a little defensive right it's like uh Ad, Ad, you, you know, you've been in those situations where you get to, you're in one group of people and you feel very confident and you feel like you're uh, the star maybe in a pickup basketball game and then the big boys come in and you all of a sudden you shrink and your skills diminish just because of who's standing next to you on the tee box. I, I, I Again, I, I think this, I'm with you Rick, feels like I'm, I'm a Cumberweave.
0: <laughs> uh, 6K range. Um, Woof, mama. This is tough. There are... I understand that there's probably 40 guys, uh, you know, sub seven K and half of them are probably going to make the cut or 15 of them are going to make the cut or something like that. So I understand that there is value down here. I'm having a lot of time parsing out a couple of these guys. Uh, I've, I've circled one name. I have one that I feel a lot better uh, than a lot of these other guys. And it's Michael Gligic at at 6,500.
1: Okay. Tell me more. So
0: I'm going to say this as a compliment. Uh, Michael Gligic is a very average tour pro. Now, that's that's a compliment when he is priced in the bottom, what, third or bottom quarter of this it's field. Sixty-five hundred. Right. I mean, he's, he's getting close to the near the, the min price. I mean, that's that's a compliment. So he should probably be priced around 7,700, something like that. So he's the guy that I think stands out. He missed a cut at, at a very popular missed cut uh, at Punta Cana. But other than that, he's made five of his last six. He's coming off a T27 at the Shriners. He can put it well. He, he's ve- he's almost very average in every single category. But I think in this situation, when you look at his price tag, that is actually a big
1: compliment to him um so i like it i can go with it i think yeah. you i think you have a, a great price tag there um so i got another guy for you in a similar price range we've really only seen one good performance but we've seen some good rounds so far this year and there's a little bit of a, a um a root in this one and it's camilo Vejegas, uh, right? rooting for him a little bit yeah of course uh, we saw a tie 23rd at the Sanderson Farms. Shot uh, a couple of 69s and then a 66 on Sunday, which was great. And he answered that with 66 in the first round at the Shriners. Um, now, that was a difficult cut to make, especially if he shot 72 in one of the two rounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but maybe there's a chance that Camilo could get something going. Now, he goes against my against the grain for me. So far this year, he's 254th in strokes gained putting. So it's way against the grain. But he's 13th T to green. He's 19th approach the green. So there's a, there's that capability of making some birdies and maybe that bodes well for him. So I I would definitely give him a look, although it's not where I feel the most confident, but that's kind of going down into the, into the depths, a couple other players where I think there's something you can hang your hat on. Um, Ryan armor had a really nice finish last year at this event. Which was a it was and a he's also a finish.
0: another one of those guys who's like I don't know what his driving distance rank is, but I guess it one sixty five. You know what I mean? Another guy who the the handful of courses every year that you get on that don't require a lot of distance, he seems to
1: play well. So uh, Ryan Armour, I I think there's a a possibility here. Now I'm going off of basically. Two things. One, which we said far too much today, it feels like a Ryan Armor kind of a week. I I don't like going off of just a feel. You need a little more. You need a little more than that, right? You gotta. I like to have a feeling about a player, look into it, and then find that I was that I was right. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I I told you. Oh yeah, he has been playing well. Well, Ryan Armor feels it feels right this week. Yet he just keeps shooting seventy one and seventy two, which which gives me a little bit of a, of pause yet he is comfortable with the course. So if there's a pop-off kind of a week coming for a Ryan armor, then I think this could be it. Um, And, and again, it's, it's purely a feel. So I don't love that, but I think if there's going to be a Ryan armor type week who he's got a beautiful golf swing, I mean, we've seen it, it really is quite good and, and he can control his golf ball, There's no question about it. He's just, he's at a disadvantage with distance. Like you were saying, Rick, it's a, it's a big time disadvantage. And I guess it was Wyndham championship when we saw him play really well last and earlier at the travelers and at the rocket mortgage, he had some really good weeks, T6, T4 respectively. So maybe I'm hoping for a little bit of that, another bounce back like that. Um, So I I guess I I may throw a blind dart at Ryan Armour.
0: I actually gave him too much credit i said he was probably 165th in driving distance he was 182nd last year so i actually gave him like
1: two more yards yeah than so he's he gonna to go here if nothing else and feel like he <laughs> is not at that massive disadvantage like, yeah oh, these guys are so I'm, I'm 60 behind these guys he's not gonna feel like that he's gonna yeah. feel like okay i can here we're at a course i can play
0: I actually I think the other guy who, again, we're I'm, I'm I'm scraping. This is the bottom of the barrel. Um, you know, Stuart Sink has won this year. Hudson Swafford has won this year. He won the last time we were on, like basically in the same situation, like an island, windy, tropical situation. He won in Punta Cana, sixty eight hundred yeah. bucks.
1: Hey, hang your hat on it, right? It's, <laughs> it's something. It's better. You know that there's been good play recently. So hey, I yeah, I like it. Sign me up. I you know I like it more than Ryan Armor. A little more expensive, but yeah, a little bit. Not there's bad. something
0: there. Um, I, I I'm 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 basically tapped on this six on this six thousand range. It's it's pretty sour. Anybody me else? Me too.
1: No, nobody else. <laughs> I mean, look, uh, you're, you're, part of it is, can you find one thing that you like that <sighs> you think there's one thing that makes you feel good down in this range? Okay, he Hudson Swafford won. Ryan Armor. This he's going to be confident going into this event. Like, if you have to make it up, make it, but you got to try to find one thing that you feel is going to benefit a player down in this range because they're used to competing against the upper echelon on tour and, and they get beat. And so they look like they're not great players. These guys are great players. It's very important to understand. I mean, anybody who has the ability to go out and shoot consecutive rounds of 64 65 67 which anybody with a pga tour card can do well you've got to that that guy's going to have a chance so anybody has a chance and just because they don't have great statistics doesn't mean they're bad iron players or bad putters it's just they've been struggling a little bit and these are the kind of weeks where players can turn it around so find something that you like to hang your hat on and go for it take a risk Take a risk. I think
0: this thing is wide open and there are a lot of good storylines with young guys trying to make a name for themselves, trying to lock up that tour card. We've got Willie Z at the top. This is going to be fun. Uh, We're going to be back on Tuesday with our mega preview pod as always. But for now, Greg, thank you very much for coming on. Uh, Looking forward to hearing about what Brendan Todd has to say.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm excited to share that tomorrow as well. Um, look, a megapod. What, what's better than a, than a megapod? So uh, mm, I, I'm looking forward super to catching up with you again tomorrow.
0: Maybe a super megapod or a mega megapod would be better.
1: Okay, yeah, I think those two things are both better. <laughs> um, but look, you're talking about it, it's a third place finish here with megapod, so that's pretty good. That is pretty
0: good. Uh, take T three every single week. You can find Greg on Twitter at the real GFD. You can find me on Twitter at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time.